early days of the American frontier, people relied on steam engines to transport them through wild landscapes to spectacular new places. In this current era, we have something that allows for an even greater adventure, the search engine. So make sure you grab your ticket because we are going on a first class ride across the web. Why, hello there, JJ. Hey, hey, hey. Have you ever wondered why we're here or what it really means to be human? I have, but not currently. I am currently (laughs) (laughs) wondering about the domestication of animals. When did we start doing that? How did it become as popular as it is now? And just all things domestication-wise. Welcome to What's Going On, the podcast that makes you think about things that you've never previously thought about. So I wanted to start this off, Patrick. What do you think the first domesticated animal was? I think it's got to be... I don't know why I'm thinking cow, I which I don't even know where a cow is native to, so that's probably not a good answer. I should pick something in Egypt, <laughs> as I've found out, but I think just my bias towards farms and having cows is leaning me towards there. No, I... What are you thinking? I was 100% going to agree. When I originally asked the question, my oh, first camel. thought It's was, probably a camel. Why? I don't know about a camel. I'm still putting my money down on cows just for how useful they are farming wise. But also I feel like they wouldn't be that hard to like capture either. I don't really know, honestly, about wild bulls and all that. But I feel like... Yeah, I was going to say, you try and (laughs) wrangle a bull lately? (laughs) Fuck me. No, I don't know. I for some reason just think cows. I mean, it could be something smaller too, like maybe a, a chicken. Yeah. I don't know, some kind of farm staple is what I'm thinking. Yeah, but that was going to be the very next question is like, how did they capture that? And how, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess it depends on what it is. If it's a chicken, you can cage it and then maybe just keep feeding it until it just calms down finally. Yeah, I don't know. But if it's something bigger, I, I don't know how you would do that, you know? I feel like you'd almost have to have like some sort of pasture with it so it could still roam. And then that was how it like calmed down. And then by bringing it continuous food, maybe that's how it formed a relationship. Because I, I feel like if you got a large cow and then just shoved it into like a tiny cave or something like that, it would like freak out for sure. So I'm almost yeah thinking some sort of pasture. But then how do they block it off? I mean, I couldn't imagine building the fence back then. Super large. I don't know. Maybe it's just like you said, is making sure you kind of treat it right and then have all of its needs in one place consistently. Kind of like with stray cats around here. If you leave food out, you're going to have basically your own cat. So yeah, they kind of figure out where the food comes from. I heard, I know there's a common thing about feeding cats milk. I heard that most cats are lactose intolerant. So I don't know how that practice gets started. I have no idea. You don't think a cat's lactose intolerant? I mean, don't kittens drink their mother's milk? Yeah, but I, I mean, that's still a different type of milk. I don't know. Fuck so they're me. like cow milk intolerant <laughs> or something? Okay. Is that a thing? Can you be intolerant to some milks and not others? I think so. I'm not too sure, honestly. No, it looks like it says the majority of cats are lactose intolerant, and but still some hmm. do love their milk. We should dive into a different episode with this, cats and, and cow milk. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) 
I am very interested though. All right, so the history of domesticated animals. Let's look this up. Let's try and figure it out. Yeah, where do you think? You said Egypt before. Are you still putting your yeah, money on Egypt? I, I just looked it up because you said we're looking it up. So I now know. Uh-oh. But yes, my guess was Egypt and camels was my final go-to. Okay. What about you? I don't know location-wise. I have no idea. I'm still... <sighs> Egypt is pretty good. I'm going to just go with a safe bet. I'm going with Egypt as well. And what's the animal then? I'm still thinking cows. I don't know how many cows are in Egypt, but I'm, I'm sticking with cows. And I'm going with Egypt. Final answer. <laughs> what's the answer? I'm seeing a couple of different things, but it looks like oh no, a theory is goats. I fucking, I literally, that's why I said, oh no, I read goats and I was like, that makes so much sense. That's a perfect medium sized creature that has milk. Yeah. I don't think too hard to wrangle compared to larger animals like a <laughs> like an ox. Imagine rolling into town with that bad boy. Jeez. Yeah. I want to know. <laughs> Look what I brought over. Yeah. <laughs> it's a large fucking goat. It looks like chickens were another early one. That makes sense. Which makes sense. Yeah. Apparently herbivores are pretty easily domesticated because they're just grazing normally on vegetation that just kind of grows around. So as long as you have a nice field with that, you're able to provide them with some pretty satisfying meals. Hmm. I still can't believe dogs are part of wolves. Imagine a fucking wolf being domesticated by that's crazy to me. Oh, I know. I feel like I'm low key sketched out about just stray dogs, you know, not knowing how they'll react. But I can't imagine a wild wolf and being like, Yeah, I'm gonna Come here, feed buddy. This thing. Here's some meat. Sit. <laughs> Roll over. Play dead. <laughs> That's a good wolf. I feel like I'm seeing a lot more of domestication of like plants and stuff, like actually getting seeds and stuff and trading those more over towards like neighbors and stuff so that they could plant them more than I'm seeing about animal domestication. I guess that makes sense. I'm seeing that many of the earliest domesticated animals were farm animals just because of that and people settling down in one spot. It's kind of when you would want to have a domesticated animal is when you finally decide to be less nomadic. Yeah. I'm also just seeing like what animals were used for when they were domesticated. A lot of them were just for eating, but then slowly turned into providing other sources of food like milk and wool and stuff from sheep. <laughs> the first domesticated chickens were actually most likely used for sport because cockfighting became a huge part of some religious cultures and sacrifices. <laughs> Good old Greece. Oh, yeah. Where were those goats actually domesticated? I don't think they had. But see, even the goats were like kind of skeptical. I, I feel like we've come to another area of history that things slowly just became and then no one really like wrote it down or talked about it, which is something we keep finding in history that a lot of different areas started doing the same thing relatively close in time. And so no one really mm -hmm. predominantly comes forward and is like, we're the ones that did this. Yeah, especially since some of this is before like written language and stuff like that. Uh, so Yeah. <laughs> Chickens, though, were supposedly domesticated in Southeast Asia initially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where the like ancestor of the chicken is native to. Yeah, okay. And now they're everywhere. Even in uh, Tampa, there's Roman wild. That's crazy, dude. That's honestly insane. I want to see, like, a, I don't know, a YouTube channel that has <laughs> wild chicken hunting in the middle of the city. That'd be fucking hilarious to watch, honestly. <laughs> <laughs>
I think that's a big thing in Hawaii too. I don't know. Why. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they've got a it's rampant there. I'm pretty sure that's what Dad was saying when he went there on vacay that there were just chickens everywhere. Huh. I guess I'm reading that wolf and cat domestication was more just based on a natural inclination towards each other. The ones that actually ended up becoming more domesticated were the ones that were just more comfortable around people, whether that's because they were getting fed or just protected or sheltered Hmm. or something like that, which makes sense. So the animals that kind of were more genetically, I guess, wild, I don't know how else to say it, were obviously the ones who didn't stick around people and then get more artificially bred in the future. So that's kind of why over time it kind of produces even more of a domesticated effect is the ones who came around kind of self-selected and were better fit to actually be friends with humans. Yeah, no, I got you. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I found some other information about cats as well that the first evidence of a domesticated cat was actually found in Cyprus as they were most famous for their role in ancient Egyptian society. Egyptians used to mummify cats and place them in luxurious chambers in the pyramids with other um, goddesses and things like that. (laughs) They really thought highly of cats at the time. Another thing pretty wild about cats is that they were domesticated what looks to be about 7,500 BC and it's thought the first time that cats even came around to encountering humans was due to the humans lifestyle it attracted a lot of rat infested areas and that's why the cat actually kind of stumbled into our parts and once there Mm -hmm. found a nice abundant supply of like food and we saw him eating the rats that ate our food and we're like hey this is pretty nice (laughs) <laughs> um, let's worship them yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're saving our livestock or our food supplies <laughs> keeping the same kind of section of domestication with pets dogs domesticated a lot earlier than i thought there's actually evidence of okay so it just says a dog jawbone was found in iraq I don't know if that was found within like a hut or anything like that, but due to that, they said that the age of the jawbone was over 14,000 years old. And so they're placing domestication of dogs a lot earlier in the timeline than cats. And the reason that scientists yeah, think. I'm seeing uh, sometime between 33,000 to 11,000 years ago. That's okay, a big okay. range, yeah. but. So, I mean, the 14,000 fits. Yeah. Scientists believe that this jawbone did resemble a dog versus a wolf due to some distinguishing like skeletal features where wolf's heads grow a lot larger in adulthoods, but dogs kind of retain a lot of juvenile traits that wolves have pretty much. And this jawbone apparently had a lot of juvenile traits, but was aged at like somewhere in a dog adulthood time frame. So pretty crazy. And continuing off of like dog breeds, it's pretty crazy how humans, once having a dog, got pretty quickly into selective breeding. And the Romans actually really preferred colors for their dogs versus any other feature. Uh, Shepherds would breed their dogs white so that at night when wolves would come around, they could easily distinguish who their dogs were and who were the wolves that were trying to eat their livestock and Hmm. farmyard dogs that were basically out during the day were bred black to scare away other thieves and basically hunters that were trying to kill their livestock as well for something to eat so they weren't really too into the shape of the dog but more so colors for i don't know just protection pretty much 
<laughs> and now we have dogs that look like sausages with tiny, tiny little legs. <laughs> That's so funny to me. <sighs> the Dutch Hound is the best dog. Let it be known. Yeah, I guess one side effect of domestication is neoteny, which I guess is the retention of juvenile traits like soft fur, floppy ears, a bigger head Mm -hmm. relative to their body size. And it's not exactly known why that happens, but the leading theory is that that kind of makes the animals cuter to humans and therefore have been in the past more kind of selectively bred towards that. And then also they were probably the ones that people were more willing to go help out if they saw, you know, multiple of them. Yeah. They were just more likely to actually get help. And then now we just kind of breed that because that's what we want. We're like, oh, that's adorable. As you said, like the sausage dog. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. I wonder if like every domesticated animal has seen a significant like change in either size, structure, or if some really don't show any significant signs from before being domesticated. I would guess that over generations, they would start to show some signs just because I would guess a lot of their traits that they have in the wild are not as used. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they kind of almost like wither away or like get replaced by something else that's more effective towards their new environment. Yeah. Interesting. And I I assume, but I'm just curious if like, if that's every single animal, I'm wondering if there's one that hasn't changed too, too much and what that might be. So I guess there is a difference between being domesticated and being tame, where a domesticated animal is genetically determined to be tolerant of humans, while being tamed is more shaping an animal's behavior to follow commands or live alongside humans, Mm -hmm. but they're not, I guess I'm not exactly sure the difference, but they're basically still wild. Okay, interesting. So it looks like Asian elephants are one example of an animal that is tamed but not domesticated. Mm. And I guess that's just because even though they've been bred in captivity and stuff like that, they're not being selectively bred Mm. because of their long reproductive cycle. So we're not able to as easily genetically modify through selective breeding the traits that we want to make them more tolerant of humans and instead we focus on training their behaviors with different incentives and stuff like that when they're younger okay very interesting that domestication syndrome actually has a pretty crazy story behind it apparently the first animal that was domesticated to basically find out about it was actually a fox that was called oh it was just a silver fox but it basically it looks really really cool i'm not gonna lie um but over like (laughs) 10 generations these foxes were bred with just like those that were least aggressive towards humans and the most like accepting were the ones that were bred and it only took 10 generation of foxes to become 100 percent tame and immediately start seeking attention from people and wagging their tails And then with this, though, the foxes looked a lot different, developing, like, curly tails, spots on their coats, and, like, floppy puppy-like ears. And then because of this, Charles Darwin, like, took notice and... uh, No, no, no. Because of this, other scientists took notice and started looking at, like, pigs, goats, birds, and fish. 
But this first mention of domestication syndrome actually goes all the way back to Charles Darwin, who, when working with evolution, I believe, like, wrote a paper on how domestication could actually, like, change traits within a species, which is crazy that he basically called something in the future. Yeah, I mean, what a smart man. He's changed biology as we know it, so it makes sense. I guess it is pretty interesting to see how far some animals differ from their actual wild states. I guess with the early ancestors of chickens, they used to weigh about two pounds and only hatched a small number of eggs once a year. But now if we go to today's chickens, they weigh as much as 17 pounds (laughs) and lay over 200 eggs a year. So it's kind of a little obvious which traits we've uh, selected for there. That's wild. That's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. I guess we like to always end on kind of a a downer, but there's a huge downside to (laughs) domestication that's really being brought up quite a bit is that obviously some domestication is really put like, I know some dog breeds have a lot of like health issues and whatnot due to like the very specific lineage that we keep trying to keep a breed at, you know, the whole purebred thing, which I don't really understand whatsoever, but whatever. (laughs) Another huge downside is the transmission of pathogens due to this densely populated cluster of animals that we've started to keep together so that we can, you know, pick out which is the healthiest, which whatever trait we're looking for. I mean, we obviously have to have them all kind of like compacted together so we can do a quick analysis of them is put basically just virus and bacteria growth to like an all time high, which is now why a lot of times we hear about there was the swine flu. Um, There's cows with tuberculosis horses with like uh, rhinoviruses and just a bunch of other diseases that maybe would have been isolated within some pack of the species but is now becoming just more and more apparent throughout the world and more and more problematic as time goes along so another happy part about domestication (laughs) (laughs) not even just domestication just a lot of our our farming of those animals as well but i could imagine with your talk about different genetic traits you know, you mentioned dogs. Is that just because they have such similar genes that when they are purebred, they pass along similar genes, but just because there's such a small pool to actually breed from? Is that yeah, it? And then so... over time, just the health effects get worse and worse? Yeah, so I know that, like, obviously we're a lot more connected in nowadays times, but, I mean, if you wanted to keep a purebred a purebred, they would do a lot of times in the past, they would just breed the dog with another, like, family member pretty much, and so that, like mix of genes inside of their own lineage would obviously create problems you know i mean just whenever you mix family genetics together it doesn't really turn out too well and so because of that i mean trying to keep it like within the same like purebred blah 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 there um has been health issues that have like come from that obviously we're like the reason why i said we're a lot more connected now is that you can get in I think better contact with more purebreds. I don't really know if there's a site for that or something. If you're trying to, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) create more, but it's really weird. I wonder why purebred things actually started here. I'm sure that might have a pretty interesting history. Purebred dog history. I guess I'm not quite sure about that, but I am seeing something about how you mentioned having different diseases because of all the animals we keep in close proximity. I'm seeing that 70% of all antibiotics in the U.S. are sold for use in animals. 
Hmm. Just because of the conditions that most animals are kept in, that's very necessary to either reactively feed these to the animals to prevent a giant outbreak, or a lot of times it's preventively given to them just to try and prevent any sort of outbreak. But then that gets into that coming into our food supply and then also becoming a breeding ground for antibiotic-resistant diseases, which is even worse than the diseases that would have come up you know, more naturally. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Yeah. Got to keep going with the down notes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. We're trying to make everyone as depressed as possible every episode of what's going on. History just really makes you take a look at yourself, and I feel like that's why you just see the truth of, like, just the ugly face that we always kind of <laughs> gloss over. Yeah, yeah. We're living in some pretty good times right now. So did you find something like purebreadsmeat.com? No, I don't really know. I'm just... <laughs> I'm getting into like information on breeding and honestly it's not the happiest subject. Yeah. Cause you gotta yeah, I don't know. We don't need to go down all this. <laughs> but there would be funny if there was like a purebred tinder or something like that. <laughs> you could put in the species you're looking for, area you're looking for. <laughs> the first There's gotta be purebred something like dating that. site. I'm sure there is. For I'd guess like more notable purebred breeds, I bet. Huh. Just looking around more, I'm seeing a lot more sites say that dogs were the first domesticated animal. Interesting. I mean, if you had food and they got relatively close. Really? The dog? I mean, they would. I don't know. It, maybe. It could be. I like I, like I said before, I don't know if this is something. I feel like this is something. Yeah, I mean, this was all 100%. in a prehistorical time since it was before any sort of written records. But I guess the thought is that just kind of mutual benefit where we're giving them food and shelter and they're providing different protection and things like that call dropped once again good times well hey hey hey, hey. <laughs> i don't know what happened call dropped and then i tried calling you again and then it just kept like saying call failed Oh, really? The fun stuff with new phones. Yeah, I mean, we both have new service now, and we still get kicked off. I don't fucking know. Like, what's going on? (laughs) What's going on with cell phones? I'd imagine it it made sense (laughs) before. Like, maybe one of our service just wasn't working. But anyway, do we have anything else we want to talk about? No, I don't think so. Let's end on a terrible fucking note. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With a drop call. Yes, with the drop call. We're keeping that in there. I slammed my phone to the ground a couple of times on accident. (laughs) Big bang, so I'm sure you guys will love hearing that. I guess I'm not too surprised that there's not too, too much on domestication, but it's always kind of dissatisfying when you don't get a a, a full, genuine answer, you know? Yeah, I I guess we're going to have to focus on things that are newer, but not too new. Yeah, Just because if you go back more than, I don't know, Egypt. More than 10,000 years. Yeah, more than Egypt, basically. You're not going to have any sort of written record, so, you know, Uh, it's going to be kind of a mystery. I mean, it honestly amazes me that we even know any sort of general time frame for any of these if we don't actually have any sort of written record of anything. logs of it, honestly. I'm still satisfied for what we know. I mean, at least it's something, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it beat me. The camel, I didn't even see it mentioned as an honorable mention. That was a terrible guess. I forgot. We we should look it up. When was the camel? uh, Okay. See, I would have thought in the Middle East, in the desert, there were a lot of nomadic people. And in order to better survive, 
having the camel would be such a huge benefit because you could travel easier with more stored supplies and then also it doesn't need much water so it's not gonna like just die in the middle of the yeah yeah the desert so i don't know i thought it was a solid guess but apparently not yeah I'm seeing here that the domestication of the camel actually didn't come to fruition until about the nineteen or 930 BC. Oh, man. A lot later than we originally thought. Oh, National wow. Geographic keeps popping up with some ad crap, but I'm trying to read their good story. Apparently, camels changed the copper production throughout the region. I don't know if they could just carry more or what the thing was how did they how do they change the world i'm guessing it's just by being able to carry stuff i don't know in that area what other animal could even remotely compete for transportation no, yeah, that's very true huh so i'm surprised they, they didn't come into yeah I our know. lives for a lot longer i wonder if wild camels look a lot different than a tamed camel today I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know how much different it could be. You know, yeah, it's not I like really... they're been bred to be that cute. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not that cute. It bothers me though that they can have up to three humps. I don't like that very much. <laughs> I don't really know of a lot of camels that are like outside of the desert type area as well. I mean, obviously, I've like seen a camel, so there's like some weird traveling shows and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like main use would still be there. Yeah, that's true. All right, I guess that uh, that marks another one that we didn't get quite right with our guesses, but uh, uh, that's why we do this. Is what it is. Yeah, I'm not finding anything about the whole copper change. It's probably it's basically just because it's the only thing that can actually make it through the desert and not die. Is what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing a lot of controversial arguments about camels and being in the Bible. I'm seeing a lot of issues due to, I mean, camels really weren't domesticated or anything for quite some time. And so due to that, the camel shouldn't have been mentioned in the Bible hmm. for certain periods that were discussed. I'm not too sure what chapters or anything that they're talking about, but uh, universities have been like <laughs> really doing deep digs into this. And apparently a, the camel was a huge issue with them. They were like, that ain't real. <laughs> that, that's the only flaw in there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, I don't, I don't know about everything else, but camel for sure. Camel for <laughs> sure. That ain't real. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I'll buy everything else that's going on here, but the camel, no, no, that's, that's where I draw the line. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, man. that's really at least funny. we finished on a on a, on a happy note there a little bit of a happy note holy shit actually sorry i didn't realize there is everything blows my mind there's so many different species of things you should look up the bactrian camel b-a-c train camel okay known as the mongolian camel oh wow dude that's that looks wild doesn't it yeah I think that's that's the two humper. Yeah. And it's got so like it's, the largest mane I've ever seen on a camel. Yeah, it is it is very hairy, but then it's also like very at least the ones I'm seeing are very wide as well. It, it, seem it looks like, like 
it, it sorry for interrupting. It looks like the neck of the camel connected to the body. It almost looks like those toads that when they croak, their neck like really oh, like puffs a bullfrog. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a the bullfrog of camels. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, its body is pretty rounded and wide as well. It basically looks like a bullfrog with some big legs. Interesting. I wonder <laughs> what the advantage of that in Mongolia is. I have mountainous no terrain maybe versus like desert terrain. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Actually, while we're still here, it's weird that some animals are so close that they can still breed, isn't it? For example, I we were just looking at camels, but there's a animal called a kama, which is a mix between a male camel and a female llama, and <sighs> it just looks like a <laughs> I don't know. It kind of looks like a anorexic camel, in my opinion. It does not look. I, why? What? What's the purpose of this? What did we gain from doing this? I don't know. I think it almost just seems like people do it for fun. But this I would imagine that in the wild, it probably just naturally might happen every once in a while. Okay. But How often though? That's no, no, not very often. Then I usually think those the offspring are usually not able to reproduce at all and so then that kind of ends there yeah i think you are right oh man what the hell there's so many things i didn't know that could mix <laughs> i just like the name of this one a beefalo which is obviously <laughs> a cow and a bison that mix i mean they're they're really close honestly i'm not too surprised there a wolfen which is a weird mix of a wolf a certain... and a dolphin yeah no no <laughs> Which is a weird mix of a bottlenose dolphin and a male killer whale. Huh. Very, it just looks like a regular, apparently that one's pretty They seem very rare. different in size, yeah. yeah. That's very strange. It looks like, it looks like a dolphin with like not quite the like dolphin head, but it's got some pretty serious teeth on that puppy actually. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of scary. I wouldn't want to see that in the wild. Then there's also like a liger, a lion and a tiger. Yeah. I heard that, those. I feel like that's go, the like, most popular. Really, really large. A polar bear and a grizzly. Oh, it's a. It's called oh, Hizzly. That's kind of cute. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, that'd be. Uh... <laughs> Are you ready for this one? A Z donk. <laughs> <laughs> that's Z donkulous. <laughs> oh my god! Why? It just looks like a juvenile zebra it almost looks like a horse kind of too what the hell you can sponsor a animal at the noah's ark animal sanctuary is is that similar to an okapi z donk you said yeah i don't know what an okapi is it looks the exact same it's just like an actual real life version of that that wasn't bred to be weird as shit oh, okay. <laughs> look it up <laughs> how do you spell it o-k-a-p-i Okay, API. Ah, uh, the Okapi looks like you took the Z donk and then like bred it with a young deer almost. Yeah. One of those two horn things that, that are growing out of the skull. That's fucking weird. It looks like little devil horns just right on the front of the head. Yeah, it's kind of like that in the mix of giraffe. And yeah, I was going to say, it almost has a giraffe type look too. Yeah. What the fuck? What is this thing? Is this thing natural? Like, this is just a creature? A yeah. real creature? What? The Dominican Republic of Congo. I wanna... Wow. That's so strange. It's like a zebra. It's got, like, zebra-looking legs. 
connected to like a deer giraffe looking body and devil horns on the head. <laughs> I guess they are related to giraffes. Okay. In some weird roundabout way, but see, it's a very interesting animal because it's not one of the popular African safari animals, but definitely something you don't see very often. No, no, not at all. I think they had one in uh, the Jacksonville Zoo. That's how I saw them. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. That's pretty cool, though. Man, animals are crazy. I can't even... <laughs> animals are just absolutely wild. It's so interesting that it would have that like same zebra pattern, but just on part of it. Like, yeah. I don't understand that. I don't know either. I wonder if there's any more mixed... What is this thing? A zoo? <laughs> oh, okay. Just a weird mix between a yak and a regular cattle. Isn't a donkey a mix of something? Or no, a mule is a mix of a donkey and a something? A mule, a donkey and a what, a a horse? I don't know. A male donkey and a female horse, yeah. Weird. I feel like a mule is more accepted compared to other of these, though. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just stuck on these weird mixtures. Apparently, yak's a pretty strange one. It's just yak and a bunch of cows. Hmm. I mean, that's that makes sense. Yeah. Horizo. A male llama and a female <laughs> alpaca. That just looks like an alpaca to me. <laughs> Why are alpacas' teeth always so fucking weird? I have no idea. <laughs> Let's put some braces on that, on that alpaca. Interesting. Well, this is what's going on. We've been looking at fucked up animals for a decent while now. Yeah. If... Any of these animals interest you? Give a give a little looksy at some of them. I mean, there's a bunch out there. I don't know. You guys should listen. If you listen to this episode, I want you to either send us in an email or something, or maybe just go to our Facebook page or our website. Write us in whatever the weirdest animal you can find. It doesn't have to be a mixer of anything. Just literally type in weird animals, do a little bit of a dive, and then send it to us, and we'll. We'll do an episode on the weirdest animals we can find. That that sounds like a like a fun little episode. Oh, that would be probably a, some a shit fun episode from the ocean. Honestly, ocean animals are crazy. Yeah, yeah, especially just because I feel like a lot of people don't know as much about them. So there'd be yeah, a lot of weird yeah. stuff that we'd be like, "Whoa, I didn't even know an animal could do that." So yeah, <laughs> you want to blow our minds? Help us out. <laughs> There's gonna. <laughs> appreciate you guys listening like always and hope you had a blast learn a thing or two and have a great day are we done yet oh we are all right thanks for listening to what's going on if you have any questions that you want partially answered write them in to what's going on the pod at gmail.com no spaces no apostrophes no excuses one more time that's what's going on the pod at gmail.com and we hope to hear from you soon Please rate and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Thank you.